morning by the grace of God, we have taken our Bible verse, Ruth chapter 1, verse 1 to 6. Please write it down. We'll just go into the world in the course of the message. We'll be referring to it. We'll be speaking on the topic, Elimelech. Everybody say Elimelech. Elimelech. I'm sure we are familiar with the scriptures. From Genesis, the Bible began to introduce how the world came about. That by itself has flopped and has cancelled all the theory you may have known about evolution. Hello, if you are a scientist here and you still believe that Edwin turned to ape, ape become gorilla. It's a lie of the devil. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And so in the book of Genesis, the Bible introduced man, talked about the deluge, talked about the, the destruction of the world to come, exemplified in the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah. Because God will finally destroy this world with fire. That was a picture of the things to come. And then the Bible introduced the patriarchy. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and so on. And in Exodus, the Bible talked about the redemption of his people, which is also you and I, because Egypt means the world, how he saved us and brought us to where we are. And then in Numbers, Leviticus, he introduced the Levitical priesthood. In Numbers, he brought about the concept of census. And in Deuteronomy, he reminded them of the law a second time. And so on and so forth. There seemed to be a flow of God's teaching God's methodology of what he wants us to know. And then we have all of a sudden judges and then Ruth. Ruth seems to break the order. The book of Ruth seems to break the running process of how God was coming. And guess what? Is just a story about a family. That tells me that God is mindful of you and your family. It doesn't matter what you are going through. Don't you ever forget God is mindful of you. Say it to yourself, God is mindful of me. 
Psalm chapter 8 and verse 4. It says, Who is man that thou art mindful of him? And the son of man that thou visitest him. As poor as you may think you are. As rich, as neglected, as whatever. We are nothing compared to God. But every morning he visits you. That's why you are alive today. So you are important. Say to yourself, I'm a VIP. Don't worry whether you go around with escort or not. You have angelic protection. So the Lord brought in the book of Ruth and discussed a family of four. Elimelech, Naomi, Malom, and Chilion. Just as every member of your family is important to God. In Psalm 115 verse 12, he said, God had been mindful. In other words, his mind is full of us. And the Bible said, he will bless us. And then he went further to talk about me. He said he will bless the house of Obed As if that was not enough He said he will bless the house of Atewer Praise the Lord May the Lord bless you also So the Lord brought about these four people And talked about them The reason why we are zeroing in on a limit like this morning Is to see what Elimelech did with his family and to learn about it. Life is all about modeling. Modeling and remodeling and following models in order to get to where you are. So if there was a rich man or if there is a rich man who did XYZ to become great, it is also acceptable if you do X, Y, Z in order to be greater than him or her. So the model that Elimelech adopted, unfortunately, was not too good. So we want to learn from Elimelech this morning. If you follow the scripture that we read, Ruth chapter 1 and verse 1, please put it on the board. On the screen, the Bible says, Now it came to pass in the days when the judges ruled that there was a famine in the land. There was a famine in the land. There was a famine in the land. Famine there typifies challenges, hardship, hard times, unfavorable conditions that we all pass through at one time or the other. The way you manage your famine will go a long way to determine your future and even your posterity. But sadly, the man Elimelech took some approach that was not too good. I want you to turn to somebody and say, Neighbor, Hard times are part 
of life. Yes. Hard times are part of life. In fact, God sometimes takes us through hard times so that we can appreciate him better. So that we can become spiritually stronger and become a better child of the kingdom. So I want to discuss before I close this message five costly mistakes of brother Elimelech. Five costly mistakes that he made. Why is it? Why are we saying he made a mistake? The Bible portion that we read was not too good a story about these four people in the family. Mistake number one was that he made a wrong decision. Everybody say wrong decision. He made a wrong decision. And from the Bible passage, go to verse 2. Ruth chapter 1 and verse 2. Ruth, where we are reading, and it came to, and, and the name of the man was Elimelech, and the name of his wife, Naomi, the two sons, Malam and Shilom, Ephratai of Bethlehem, Judah. And they came into the country of Moab and continued there. His decision could have been perceived as good at that time because he moved away from famine trying to go to a better place. He moved to Moab. But ladies and gentlemen, children of God, Moab may have food. Moab may be beautiful as a lady that you intend to marry. Moab may be very good a business that you want to enter. But it is not all that glitters that is gold. So the man Elimelech saw like Lot. The Bible says in the book of Genesis chapter 35 and verse 22. Genesis, sorry, Genesis chapter 13 and verse 10. Genesis 13 and verse 10. And Lord lifted up his eyes and beheld the plain of Jordan. That it was well watered. He had a decision to make where he was going to live, where he was going to abide. He saw that it was well watered. The Bible said everywhere before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. In other words, he was seeing a watered ground, but therein abided death and destruction. He was seen a fertile place, but therein abide death. So Elimelech made a decision to leave a place seemingly that is hard to a better place, but unknown to him, his decision was not good. 
May the Lord help us to always make good decisions in the name of Jesus. There are several people in the Bible that have made very costly decisions that destroy them. One of them was a man called Adonijah. Adonijah was one of the eldest sons of David. Adonijah wanted to be king. He did whatever he could, but his plan failed. But he made a decision to go and ask for the hand of Abisha, the little girl that was brought to David to marry. And he said to the mother of Solomon, tell Solomon to give me Abisha. And, and Solomon said, because he mentioned that he will die today. And that was what destroyed him. Can you imagine? He would have left, lived longer if he didn't take a decision to ask for that girl's hand in marriage. Another person that was destroyed because of his decision was Reuben. Genesis 35, 22. Reuben on his own, because he had become a big boy, decided to sleep with the concubine of his father. And that was his undoing. When his father was to bless them, he was supposed to have the double portion of the inheritance of the father. But the father pronounced a curse upon him. I want you to pray quickly and say, Father, may I never make a decision that will destroy me. Please help me. Go ahead and talk to the Lord. Help me not to make decisions that will destroy me. My Father, my God, always guide my decision in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. If we are to analyze the decision of Brother Elimelech, we could indulge him by saying, well, he made the decision because he was scared of the outcome. He made the decision because he was influenced by some people. They said, go, Sama, before you make that trip abroad, before you sell all you have in Nigeria to travel abroad, please think twice. It is not everybody that go to the abroad, as it is called, that turns out successful. True or false? I watched a CNN documentary of a Nigerian who had been abroad for 35 years. He's like a madman. But he speaks very good English. He just goes around. He's not a destitute. And they say, we know you are not mad. He say, yes, I'm not mad. We, you are a Nigerian and, uh, and um, why have you been here? He said, well, as I speak here, I don't even know where I come from anymore. I can't trust my people. So, he has become wasted. His destiny wasted. He's carrying, he's carrying gray beard. He's an old man. He made a decision to leave this country sometime. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that it is wrong to travel abroad. 
But be careful of the decision you make. The Lord told me that there is somebody on the verge of making decision here. This message is for you. Praise the Lord. So we could, in, we could indulge him that look, uh, is this and this. But 1 Corinthians chapter 10, we could say he's greedy. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13 said they had no temptation taking you, they have ever taken you but such as is common to man. In other words, in the land of Israel at that time, Several people were tempted to go to Moab. They resisted it. And they stayed back. But here is brother Enimelech. Tempted to migrate. He left. Several people endured the famine. And eventually God visited them. It is not about running when you have challenges from church to church. It's about looking up to God. Psalm 121. I will look up to the hills from whence cometh my help. My help comes not from abroad, from above. Glory be to God. So whether you say he was tempted, whether you say he was X, Y, Z, the truth is that Elimelech made a bad decision. Number two costly mistake he made. He did not seek the face of the Lord before making his decision. He did not seek the face of God before making his decision. If he did, God would have warned him. Hello? So don't be hasty to take very drastic decisions. Ask God. Ask God. The man Isaac was in the shoes of Elimelech years before. The Bible says in the book of Genesis 26 and verse 3, he was contemplating to leave because there was the same famine. But guess what? Because he had a relationship with God. Because let me pause there. Please listen, people of God. There are times you are very weak. There are times you cannot pray. There are times you are discouraged. There are times that you are down. As long as you have a relationship with God, God will always deliver you. Can I hear a big amen? How? He will send somebody to you. He will send a word to you. He will make sure that you don't fall into that snare. So when you ask me, Pastor, what about if I can't hear God? In the days of the kings, in the days of the prophets, ordinary men hardly hear God. But God usually sends prophet to them. Praise the Lord. There is one man that enjoyed a good rapport with God 
before he made any decision. The man was David. Because of time, we, we cannot read the whole of 1 Samuel chapter 23, verse 1 to 13. But it's a very beautiful story, I'll paraphrase it, of David with God. David was running about from a place to the other, running for King Saul. And he wanted to migrate to a place called Keilah. And so, he asked God. No, the people of Keilah were having a battle. So, David felt he should go and save them from their problem. So, he asked God, should I go and save Keilah? Will you deliver the enemy into my hands? God said, yes, go. I will deliver them. He went. He fought for Keilah. He delivered the people. And when Saul heard that he was there, Saul decided to go and meet David there and capture him. David again told God, so I heard that Saul is coming. Will, it, will these people deliver me into their hands? The Bible recorded that God said to David, yes. The people that he delivered, the people that he fought for, I pray for you this morning. Your benefactors or people you help, are they benefactors? People you are benefactors to will not turn against you. So, the Lord told David, he said, they will surely deliver. So, David had to run for his life. Look at this scenario. He has been asking God. God has been speaking. He has been saying to God, can I do this? Can I do that? That was the secret of how David survived the onslaught from Saul. So, today, my dear brothers and sisters, before you make that move, before you enter into that marriage and say, I do. Before you enter into that business. Even before you pack into that house. Ask God. Praise the Lord. Number three. He was hasty in making his decision. He was hasty. He was hasty. Hasty to leave the land of affliction as it were. But write this down. In the time of affliction, before you make a move, please wait on the Lord. Hello? Wait on the Lord. Lamentation chapter 3 and verse 26. It is good that a man should both hope and quietly wait for the salvation of the Lord. Hope and quietly wait. So if Elimelech had hoped in redemption, in turn around, in the salvation of the Lord, God would not have disappointed him. May the Lord not disappoint you. Job 14, 14. 
if a man dies, shall he live again? That's a great question. He said, all the days of my appointed time will I wait until what happens? Until my change come. May your change come speedily. I say, our change will come speedily. But there is a school of waiting that every child of God must pass through. A school of waiting. It's not because your God is unfaithful. And guess what? This school of waiting is not equally distributed. My waiting can be longer than yours. Yours can be longer than your neighbor's. But the truth is, he that made the heavens and the earth as one, and he said, I will not leave you nor forsake you. In due time, he will come to your rescue. Glory be to God. So don't be hasty in making decisions. Number four, he blew up the opportunity to have a testimony. Hello? He blew up the opportunity to have a testimony. Because without trials, without affliction, without challenges, there can never be testimony. If you are here, some of you, when people are sharing testimony, you bow down your head and say, Lord, when will I share my testimony? What you're asking for is say, give me a challenge that I will pass through so that I can testify. So Elimelech missed the opportunity to tell the story of the affliction of Bethlehem. And don't forget, Bethlehem means house of bread. He missed the opportunity. That songwriter says, by and by, oh, when the Lord shall come, we will tell the story how we overcome. Praise the Lord. By and by, oh, when the Lord shall come. How many of you know this song? When the saints are gathering over there, we Tell the story how we overcame. We will understand it greater by and by. So the, the problem you are going through now, in heaven when we gather, we will tell the story. Hello? We will glorify God. Brother, do you remember those days when we were struggling for evangelism? When we were told that we are going to get a crown and we didn't believe it? Today, we are wearing the crown. Glory be to God. You will tell the story how once upon a time you used to beg before you survived. But now, you can bless people. Praise the Lord. There is always a story that comes out of our affliction. Please, endure so that you can tell that story. That's what makes us Christians. Do you know that when the Bible says, ye shall be witnesses unto me, what he's saying is, you will tell the story of my sojourn, my affliction, my everything that I did. If they didn't see it, there's nothing to talk about. But they saw it. 
I decree this morning, whatever you are passing through will become your testimonies. In the name of Jesus. Finally, number five costly mistakes that he made is that he allowed fleshly and earthly sentiments to becloud his spiritual judgment. I will say it again. He allowed earthly and worldly sentiments to becloud his spiritual sense of judgment. A lot of people have stolen or have turned into robbery because they want to look good. Hello? If I grab that money, I'll buy a car. I'll paint the town red. Men, when you see me, babes will be following me. They forgot that the end of that journey is hellfire. Hello? A lot of people have been tempted. You see, my, my children are suffering. My wife is suffering. As an accountant, if I steal some money, I'll be able to cater for my home. A thief is a thief. Whether by pen or by arms. Hello? So a lot of times, when we are going through challenges, it is our earthly and worldly sentiment. Somebody who wears probably a shirt and trouser to the church. Some time ago, I said, we didn't see a brother in church. And we sent somebody to follow up. And they brought the report and they said, the brother said, I'm ashamed of coming to church. Say, why? Say, I, will, I only have one shirt and one trouser and that's what I wear. Now, who told him somebody is watching? It is he telling himself, Salma, one shirt and one trouser properly ironed. Is it a crime? Everybody have one challenge or the other. So he said, I can't come to church again because I don't know how people are looking. And I said, they should ask him, has anybody approached you and said, thou brother that wears one shirt and one trouser? He said, no. I said, no, 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 no. You are the one judging yourself. Praise the Lord. So, before you make a decision, let the spiritual judge your outward decision. Let the consequences spiritually, because the spiritual governs the physical, let it be your yardstick for decision making. In summary, ladies and gentlemen, I submit that Elimelech could have done better despite all he did because he almost destroyed his posterity. The two sons died, so there was no way his name could be remembered in Israel. The wife would have died, but the wife took a decision to go back to God. And thank God for Ruth the Moabites that came back with her because through them, the genealogy of Elimelech was again resurrected 
through the Kingsman Redeemer setup, and she became the great grandmother of the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise God. So, my submission here is that there is something within, there is something embedded in us, there is something we are carrying that sometimes and most times end up becoming the greater threat to our existence than the outside. It is the enemy within that can kill faster than the enemy without. Hello? So inside of you, inside of me this hour, tendencies that can rob us of our posterity, our blessing that can urge us to make wrong decisions, that can make us to go the wrong way that can make us to sin and so on and so forth so it is my belief and trust this morning that whatever those tendencies are, as the Lord liveth, they will be destroyed today your amen is unbelieving. Let me give you a scenario as we go into prayer. There is this tendency in the lineage of Judah towards women. Judah slept with his daughter-in-law Tamar because of this tendency to jump at women. His son became a king, David. The tendency rose up. He saw a woman washing herself. That tendency rose up like a lion, consumed him. He didn't know when he said, Who is that woman? Bring her. That tendency was there, flowing underneath. And it rose up in his first son called Abnon. And I'm not decided to sleep with a half sister. That tendency was there. Nobody dealt with it. Today you must deal with your And it rose up in Adonijah, another son of David. And he asked for a girl. And he died. Evil tendency, satanic tendency, tendencies that draw men back. Tendencies that bring reproach and blood. Today, you will destroy it. Rise on your feet and just begin to bless the Lord. Say, Father, I bless you. I thank you. I worship you. I exalt you. I give you praise. You are God. You are faithful. You are awesome. You are wonderful. Blessing. 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 Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Say, Father, everything in my life that will destroy me, I destroy them today. Go ahead and begin to pray for yourself. You are praying for yourself. Everything in my language, everything in my life that have the tendency to destroy me, to destroy my children. I destroy them today in the name of Jesus. I cut them off. Every evil flu in my father's heart, in my lineage, in my blood, in my gene, in my 
my DNA that is able to destroy me. Lord, this morning, let your fire destroy them. Let your fire destroy them. Let your fire destroy them. In the mighty name of Jesus, my Lord and my God, Matusa Kampa Kuria, Lisa Pakusa Magada, whatever is in me, every inmate thing, every potential that can destroy a man that I have been demonstrating. Lord, today, let them be destroyed. Pray, 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 pray. Destroy them now. Cut them off. Cut them off. Cut them off. Say, Father, by the power in the name of Jesus, deliver me and my children from everything that destroyed my father, that destroyed my family. Deliver me and my children in the name of Jesus. Are you talking to me now? Are you talking to me now? Every tendencies, Father, destroy them today in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, I surrender myself to you. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. And then you pray for wisdom. I said, Father, the wisdom to always make the right decision. Let it come upon me today. Go ahead and pray. The, the, the wisdom to make the right decision. The wisdom to consult you like David had. The wisdom to seek your face like the people of all. Father, release upon my life today in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, release upon my life. Father, release upon my life. Jehovah, release upon my life. In the name of Jesus. Wisdom from above to do what is right. Release upon me. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. You want to ask God to increase your spiritual shock absorber. The grace to take shock and to take to, to weather the storm in times of difficulty. Say, Father, the grace to stand in times of affliction, in times of challenges, Lord, we live upon my life today. In the name of Jesus, I don't want to be swept away like Elimelech was swept away. He was afraid of the outcome of the famine. And he ended up dying. He ended up destroying himself. Lord, I receive grace to stand in times of affliction, in times of challenges. In the name of Jesus, help me, oh God.
thank you father in Jesus mighty name we have prayed finally you want to ask God for help I told you the summary of this is that Elimelech had challenges you and I do some of us our challenge is fear you can't sleep at night you're always scared some of us are challenges even the moon what will tomorrow hold meanwhile your neighbor is not having that same fear but there is help with God so I want you to say Holy Spirit help my infirmity help me today go ahead and talk to the Lord Holy Spirit move me now Spirit, Please take it solemnly. Make sure you are praying that prayer. The Spirit is moving over here this morning. I see grace to move holy, being released. I see grace to overcome, being released. I see grace. Don't run out of the sky.